Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of August 13, 2017. An exciting once-in-a-lifetime event is coming up on Monday, August 21. A total eclipse of the sun will occur in a narrow path across the United States between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern Time that day. Nashville, Tennessee is slated to go completely dark around 2.27 Eastern Time in that afternoon, and ACB Radio is teaming up with a Tennessee partnership consisting of the Mid-Tennessee Council of the Blind, the Tennessee School for the Blind, and the Tennessee Center for the Performing Arts to audio describe this exciting event and make it possible for you to be there through the visual made verbal, no matter where you are in the United States or throughout the world. Joel Snyder, director of the ACB Audio Description Project, and Dan Dillon, member of the ACB Board of Directors from Nashville, Tennessee, visit with us on Sound Prints on pages 2 and 3. Find out how you can listen to the Eclipse on ACB Radio. And by the way, the Total Eclipse will also work its way through Kentucky, and we understand that the last time there was a total eclipse of the sun here was in 1869, so this is indeed a rare event. A new bill was introduced in Congress this past week that could help Medicare and Medicaid recipients receive their correspondence related to their health care in accessible formats. Tony Stevens, ACB's Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, stops by on page 4 to explain this new legislation, tell you how you can help, and update you on other issues related to the funding of programs that affect many blind and visually impaired people. And on page 5 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2 Joel Snyder is the director of the American Council of the Blind Audio Description Project. He's in Tacoma, Maryland, and he is a world-renowned audio describer, probably the authoritative person on the subject. So welcome to Sun Prince, Joel. Oh, you're too kind, Carla. Thank you very much. Joel, we are talking today about a very exciting event that is coming up. It's exciting in its own right, but it's also exciting because it's going to be audio described. And that is the total eclipse of the sun that is coming up on August 21st. And I was just so excited to receive a press release yesterday. Uh, This is... August 11, that we're recording this. Um, The press release was telling everyone that ACB is going to be carrying the audio description of the solar eclipse on ACB radio, and you are going to be hosting that program. So tell us about this, tell us how it happened, and um, how this is coming about, and how we can tune in. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm so glad you're you're featuring this on Sound Prince, Carla. yeah, about a, a month and a half ago, I guess it was, uh, I first began to hear about uh, the solar eclipse, the totality of the solar eclipse, eclipse coming along. Of course, that's just going to be on a, a kind of a strip running diagonally across the United States from the uh, uh, south, rather the northwest, to the southeast. And um, if you're in that area, uh, along that, I think it's about 70 miles wide, something like that, you can experience a total 
eclipse of the sun. And I actually started thinking, hmm, that might be a, a, a kind of a once-in-a-lifetime event. I should try to find out where, how, how nearby Tacoma Park to uh, to someplace in that that path of the total eclipse. And, mm-hmm. uh, I realize Nashville, Tennessee, is right smack in the middle of the area, and uh, I, I thought to myself, well, you know, wait a second, I I could go down there, um, and I'm not I'm a sighted person, you know, I'm one of those uh, light dependent people. <laughs> right, uh, right. <laughs> I have that disability, and but even with that, you know, sighted people can't look directly at the sun. You need to wear glasses that protect your eyes, uh, and it occurred to me that, well, wait a second, I'm all about making what can't be seen by someone, making it accessible with words, with audio description. So it occurred to me, I'm not going to run down to Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to get in touch with my, my friends there who are involved with description and see if we couldn't turn this into a, a little program on ACB radio. So that's how it came about. And I have to say, uh, of course, great thanks to uh, the, the Tennessee School for the Blind there, the Mid-Tennessee Council of the Blind, and the Tennessee Performing Arts Center. In fact, Lori Ward there um, just won our Performing Arts Award from the Audio Description Project this past year. I contacted Lori, and she put me in touch with a, a woman named Julia Coffin, uh, who is going to be our, she's their, one of their top describers, and she's going to be doing the honors for us. That's great. And it's going to be from the Tennessee School. Now, it's, right. it's going to be on ACB Radio. So I'm going to be tuned in. I've I got to tell you, I've got oh, yeah. to hear this. <laughs> um, I will not miss this broadcast. So when it comes time for this to happen, um, it's going to come on at, what, 2 Eastern, 1 Central? Exactly. We're going to do a, an hour-long program, mm-hmm. uh, the, the main event, if you will, uh-huh. the actual uh, the beginning of the totality of the eclipse happens at 1.27 Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. That's 2.27. I'm sorry, 12. Yeah. 1227. <laughs> I don't want to get no. that mixed up. Uh, yeah, 1227 no, yeah, Eastern Time. That, that, that's right. Two twenty-seven yes. Eastern time. I'm so sorry. I'm, that's right. I'm getting my times mixed up. Two twenty-seven Eastern time. One twenty-seven uh, Central time, which is Nashville, Tennessee. Correct. And uh, the event will only last about three minutes. Actually, the totality of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there'll be a good ten, fifteen minutes on either side where we're beginning to lose the sun. And um, what we've got planned is to kind of start at um, at about. Uh, at 2 o'clock uh, Eastern Time, um, which, of course, is uh, 1 o'clock Central Time, noon, uh, Mountain Time, and 11 uh, on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. We'll start with uh, some, some information about the eclipse, um, some, some facts and, and trivia that, that people may not be aware of, and um, we'll even intersperse some music, uh, and of course you can you can guess the kinds of songs that that will work <laughs> out. The, you know, yeah. ain't got no sunshine, and uh, uh, Bill Withers, of course, and here comes the sun by the Beatles, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> uh, when the sun goes down, Kenny Chesney, and things like that. So we're going to have fun with it at about two fifteen, one uh, fifteen Central Time. We'll switch over to Nashville. 
and um, uh, let uh, the folks there, Lori Ward and Julia Cawthon, and Dan Dillon, who's um, uh, a good friend and, and uh, on the board of the American Council of the Blind, he'll be there, and he'll, he'll give his perspective as a person who's blind, and uh, they'll do their they'll lead up to the, the, the moment of the total eclipse, the, the few minutes of the total eclipse, describing it uh, with words, the, um, the way a good describer can do, and uh, about 1.45 Central Time, they'll, they'll pass the hat back to, to me, and uh, I'll close out the program. We're calling the whole thing a total, de- a total eclipse, audio described. That so is- that's kind of the, the, um, the process or the plan for the afternoon. Joel, have you ever done anything like this before? Not a total eclipse. I haven't. Um, and that's, yeah, I've done description in all kinds of settings, you know, parades and rodeos and weddings. Well, uh, you were a great rodeo describer. Well, I'll rodeo. tell you. That was at the ACB convention, yeah. Yes, it um, was. I've done uh, weddings and funerals, and, and wherever the visual image is, is so important. Um, the, uh, we talked about this past year at the ACB, con- ACB convention, having live description of the fireworks, because it was over July 4th, and we never got that together. We, there were just too many logistical hurdles. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we didn't do that. That's about the closest uh, that I almost came to doing something like this. Mm-hmm. But uh, this but, would be, uh, you know, the, this then, from what I'm hearing you say, is the first time that there's been description of a natural event. I, well, it's the first that I know of uh-huh. uh, in any event. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know, people describe to other people, uh, sighted people to sighted people, you know, somebody's sure. not at an event, they describe it, what right. they saw. Um, and that's a kind of in, informal way of description that everybody does throughout mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, uh, it, this is more than that. Audio description really is a professional discipline and it it um, to do it right uh, requires a, uh, an awareness of language and and vocabulary and how to use your imagination to invoke comparisons and similes and such that's the kind of thing that we're hoping for uh, with this description with Julia there in Nashville you know this would seem to me to be a great opportunity not only for a blind or visually impaired person to participate in the eclipse, but also for sighted people who sure. aren't in the path of, yeah. of the eclipse. The sighted people who aren't in the path of the totality, certainly, um, and actually you're, you're, you make me think, uh, of course, ACP radio is available worldwide. Yes, it is. So uh, there are going to be many places around the world that won't have access to any part of the eclipse. But even, you know, someone who is sighted, uh, they can't just uh, look up in the sun and, and look at the eclipse and enjoy the phenomenon because they'll, they run the risk of doing real damage to their eyes. So even a sighted person has to wear special glasses that filter out the harmful rays. Um, I used a pair just the other day to look directly at the sun, and, and uh, everything is kind of blocked out except that white ball of mm-hmm. light. Uh, and, of course, with the eclipse, it'll be somewhat different. Um, so it, it's really a way for a sighted person to experience the eclipse through words. And uh, hopefully that'll kind of help uh, spread the word a bit about audio description and uh, 
make uh, that whole process a, a little more visible, if you will. Right, right. So you are going to be in Maryland. Right, that's right. And you will be broadcasting the first 15 minutes. That's right. Then to Tennessee for the thirty, the next 30 minutes. Right. And then back to you in Maryland for the last 15 minutes of that yeah. hour-long special. Just to tie it up. And, and I, I want to say, too, I have to give a, a kudos to Larry Turnbull of ACB Radio. He's really going to be uh, masterminding, uh, engineering the whole event. We couldn't do this without Larry. Uh, we, we uh, in my office here in Tacoma Park, Maryland, and at the Tennessee School for the Blind, uh, we've downloaded software that will allow us to connect uh, with uh, good fidelity, we hope. We're going to do a little rehearsal next week. Right. Um, and, and hopefully that will allow us to uh, very smoothly kind of switch back and forth between here in Maryland and in Tennessee, and I'm going to be sending the music actually up to um, uh, Larry, where he is, and uh, he'll he'll uh, coordinate it from right. there. But hopefully this will work out well. It shouldn't be too difficult. Sounds a little complicated, but uh, <laughs> and, I, I think we're going to be able to pull it off. And Larry's in Illinois. In Illinois, that's right. Yes. I couldn't remember exactly so. <laughs> so exactly so. This I, is... I should say too, Carla, that uh, the uh, I've been getting a number of emails from folks saying, "Oh, gee, I'm not going to be able to listen in. Will it be recorded?" And of course, it will be, mm -hmm. and it'll be archived on uh, ACB Radio. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to be sending out a note to to everybody, all the the folks on our mailing list, certainly, just letting them know how to access the archive of it if you're not able to tune in on the 21st. Well, there's all kinds of ways that you can tune in. And, oh, yeah. And so That's right. um, I'm going to go down a list of those sure. ways. And this is how you would tune in to the live broadcast. The first way, of course, would be to... Uh, to go to acbradio.org on your computer and go to the interactive channel because it's going to be on ACB Radio Interactive. Right. But if you're not sitting in front of a computer or you don't want to bother with going to it on your computer um, or if you don't have a computer sure. and, and you don't have iPhones and anything other techie things, you can enjoy it by calling ACB Radio on just your plain old landline telephone right. by, by dialing 605-475-8130 and choosing option 4, which yeah. is interactive, from the menu. Now, if you don't want to do either of those, <laughs> or if you have an iPhone, you can dial right. that same number and choose option four on the iPhone, or if you have the ACB Link iPhone app from the iTunes Store, you'll be able to 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 get ACB Radio through that app as well. That's right. Yeah. There's other cool another cool way you can really listen, Joel. A lot of us now have Amazon Echoes and Dots. You know, oh, we all have that's Alexa. Right, of course. Yes. Well, if you have if you have um, the TuneIn radio skill That's right. enabled on Alexa, you will be able to reach ACB radio through TuneIn by simply saying, Alexa, play ACB radio interactive 
on TuneIn. <laughs> and up crazy. it will come. That's just so crazy. I don't have one of those uh, gadgets, but I'm, I'm tempted to get one. That sounds like it's, it's a lot of fun, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it is. It's wonderful. And you don't have to press any buttons. You don't have to type right. in anything. You just talk. <laughs> and and um, but, but if you have an Echo or a Dot and you don't have TuneIn Radio enabled on your Alexa uh, yet, what you can do, and do this ahead of time, if you're listening to this and you say, oh, this would be fun, don't wait till Monday at 1.45 to try to fix this, okay? <laughs> Tell your Alexa, say, Alexa, enable TuneIn Radio. And that way, she will set up that skill, and if she needs you to go to your app or your computer and, and link an account or something like that, then... Um, you know, then then you will be you'll be able to do that in advance and get it all working. Um, exactly. Once Good you idea. do that, yeah. Once you do that, there's all kinds of things that you can listen to through TuneIn on Alexa. It's just amazing. I want you to know, Joel. I listened to all of the NCAA basketball games that way <laughs> last year. That's yeah, I mean, I didn't bother with my radio, my my, <laughs> you know, ra- normal radio. I did it through Alexa because the quality was so much better. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah, it was. I, I am. Te- I'm, I think you're convincing me. You're you're selling me on the product. You right? need one, Joel. You really right. do. I mean, you do. <laughs> so um, anyway, there are many, many ways to listen, and we are very interested in helping people get information on how to listen to this. Um, if you have questions and you don't have I just don't have anyone that can help give me this information if you want to give us a call at the Kentucky Council of the Blind this week we'd be glad to help give you the information again if you missed it Um, if you're at one of our activities you know that we'll be talking about it a lot but um, our phone number is at the end of the show but it's also 502-895-4598 and like I say don't miss out on this event just because you don't know how to link into it if you if anybody has any questions and wants to connect with me, we mm-hmm. the audio description project has a mm-hmm. dedicated phone Good. line two two zero two four six seven five zero eight three, and uh, and indeed on our uh, website, the audio description project website, which is simply acb.org slash a. D-P. Um, we've got information there for it, and we'll put that recording of the uh, event uh, up there on that site, too, so Great. people will be able to access it afterwards. Joel, I want to just say a word about that website. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I really do, because um, I've told a number of people, of course, about audio description, and when I'm introducing new people to audio description, I'll say, if you want to see the true scope of audio description, all the ways that it can be used and can benefit people, um, you can go to this site and you'll find, and I mean, I've been talking to people and they'll, and they'll say all of a sudden in the conversation, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, look at all of this. Oh, yeah. You can get lost on it. It's uh, chock full of information. I think really it is the the go-to site for information on description worldwide, really. We get viewers from everywhere. Yes, because if you want to know if a movie is described, if a DVD has the description track, what TV shows are described, all of those kinds of things, uh, information 
on upcoming trainings and just all kinds sure. of stuff. It's there. Yeah. It yeah. that's where you go. That that's the place to be. So, um, just as a, a a reminder, acb.org/adp is is everything. It has everything you need to know about audio description. That's right. Well, Joel, thank you so much for oh, being on Sound Prince. We're just so looking forward to August 21. Well, this is great. Thank you for your yes. interest because we're, we're eager to get the word uh, out, Carla, and, and Sound Prince is a great vehicle for that. Okay, thank you. Okay, Carla, thank you. Page 3. On the phone with me is Dan Dillon from Nashville, Tennessee. Dan is a member of the ACB Board of Directors, and he is a past president of the Mid-Tennessee Council of the Blind and the Tennessee Council of the Blind. Today, we're going to be talking about a very exciting event that's coming up on August 21st, the total eclipse of the sun, and it's very special in relation to the Tennessee Council and Nashville, Tennessee. So, welcome, Dan. Well, thank you. Great to be here. There is just a very, very exciting aspect to the eclipse that's going to be happening, and we in the blind community everywhere are going to be able to enjoy it. Um, we've already heard from Joel Snyder about the special programming on ACB Radio, but Dan, tell us about how the Mid-Tennessee Council got involved in producing an audio-described version of the eclipse, and, and tell us just what's going to be happening there. Actually, uh, and, and Lori Ward is uh, with the Tennessee Performing Arts Center is uh, quite involved in this project. She is the one that... Uh, that uh, found our audio audio describer that's going to audio describe the uh, solar eclipse. Uh, her regular uh, regular duties are, are uh, audio describing uh, the Broadway shows at the Tennessee Performing Arts Center. So, uh, and Lori and I had talked after Joel Snyder sent out the information and. Originally, we were going to try and have this at the uh, Children's Museum or a planetarium, planetarium somewhere in Nashville, and then we got to thinking about this. I would, it would probably be a zoo at these places, very right. crowded, very a lot of confusion. Mm -hmm. so, so I thought, why don't we think about having this at the Tennessee School for the Blind, not only because it won't be as congested, but we can involve the... Uh, the science students in particular at the Tennessee mm -hmm. School for the Blind. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be the venue. It's it's going to take place at the Tennessee School for the Blind in their courtyard, uh, which is uh, just learned recently. It's about 200 feet by 200 feet. There's plenty mm -hmm. of room, so we'll we'll be outside doing this. Um, and I would uh, I would like to get. Uh, I will announce this at our monthly meeting at the Mid-Tennessee Council of the Blind this coming Saturday, and hopefully we can get some uh, visually impaired adults, blind mm -hmm. and visually impaired adults, to participate as well as the students. Mm -hmm. And um, so, th so that's k kind of the story there. Um, um, and so the description will be done from the courtyard of the Tennessee School Correct. by a describer with the Tennessee Performing Arts. Right. And the Mid-Tennessee Council is kind of getting um, 
people to people there. They actually, the the venue was was your idea. So this looks like a real good partnership that well, has happened. And the the one of the great things that come out of this, the, the program is going to be archived. So this could this program could be rebroadcast or it could be used as an, as an educational tool mm-hmm. uh, for blind and visually impaired people mm-hmm. well i i think it's going to be fantastic because it's going to be on acb radio and there are just tons and tons of ways that people can listen on acb radio you know years ago in 10 years ago you had to go to acbradio.org and you had to listen on your computer and today, you know, you can listen on your phone. You can listen um, just by dialing up on a regular phone. You can listen on the iPhone through ACB Link or just by dialing up on the iPhone. You can listen through the Amazon Echo by going to tune in. I mean, Dan, there's just all kinds of ways for people to listen right. now. Well, we, we yeah. Hope, we hope we have a lot of listeners on uh, August 20th. Well, you're going to have me, that's for sure. Well, good. Because good. <laughs> I, think, I, the, I think the plan is, uh, uh, Carla, to, to have our describer, uh, uh, her name is Julia Cawthon, mm-hmm. uh, from like uh, 115 to 145, this mm-hmm. is Central Time, because mm-hmm. we're Central Time in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And then I think... I think uh, the, the rest of the, it will be an hour show, but I think Joel mm-hmm. uh, Snyder will do some interviews and play some uh, uh, music, some, some, some related to the sun, like mm-hmm. Here Comes the Sun and mm-hmm. No Sunshine and things like that. Mm-hmm. Should yeah. be quite, quite an entertaining show and uh, quite an educational show, too. Yes, I think so. Yeah. And, uh, and and I think it's a, it's a real... Um, interesting it, it's an interesting program in addition it's a very different kind of program in all the hype about the eclipse i never thought about having a broadcast of it with audio description on acb radio and when this um, little press release came out yesterday and we're recording this on friday august 11 when when that press release came out it was like oh what a super idea. And I hope that just thousands of people tune you in because it, it's, it is. It, it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And for us to be able to share it, in addition to you know, the people who, everywhere you go, people are talking about, oh, we're going to Nashville, or we're going to Bowling Green, Kentucky, or we're going you know, to Hopkinsville, Kentucky, or we're going here, or we're going there. In this area, the eclipse is a big deal. And and this just makes it a bigger deal for those of us that aren't going to see it. So well, and it doesn't happen that that often, you know. Uh, well, no, it's, it's a special event. Yes, and we hope to get the media involved and right. uh, educate more people about audio description and and, mm-hmm. and, and about the American Council of the Blind. That's well. right. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, I really looking forward to it and want to wish you the best we certainly are hoping there is no rain and that clouds are not in the sky uh, yeah, <laughs> it would really not be good if you had a rainstorm oh right that's right <laughs> that could not yeah. be good but uh, we wish you all the best and we'll look forward to the broadcast and to hearing how things go from Mid-Tennessee Council thank you Carla
page four. Tony Stevens is the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs with the American Council of the Blind. He's based in Alexandria, Virginia. And Tony, we are real glad you're with us today because you're going to tell us about a new bill concerning the accessibility of Medicare materials that's been introduced into Congress. That's right, yeah. It's, uh, the piece of legislation is it's HR, which stands for House of Representatives. So it was a bill introduced in the House. And it's H.R. 3457, H.R. 3457. And, you know, oftentimes with legislation, they'll have sort of a short, simple title to remember. This one isn't, isn't I think the longest part of the bill probably is the title. Uh, you know, it says something like calling on, on the, uh, uh, you know, the Inspector General of the United States of America to, you know, kind of go through the various steps of the bill. Um, to that end, it's it's a very it's a very small bill, but what we believe is a very needed and important piece of legislation. For many many years now, we've received lots of complaints in our national office around people who are receiving Medicare or in some cases Medicaid, and the inability to get important medical documents and forms and, and information in an accessible format. Uh, you know, it's been sort of a systemic problem over the years where, you know, things will come and you might not have someone who can always be there to read it for you if you can't see. And, you know, they're not coming in accessible formats. And, and what happens is when mail is delayed, you know, sometimes when there are important documents that are in terms of your benefits, around your health care coverage, around costs or things you owe, uh, oftentimes they have a time frame attached to them. And if you miss those windows of opportunity, it can really cause disruption in your service or in your insurance coverage or just trying to get the right things uh, but not even that, but just sometimes the general information that's sent out to try to live healthier lives. You know, some of the, the important things that, uh, you know, are sent out in, for people with diabetes or other, you know, health concerns that are ongoing risks. Uh, you know, the important information that, that we should have equal access to. So it's been an ongoing problem over the years. And we we're very fortunate to find someone in Congress who's been long a champion for issues dealing with vision impairment, vision loss. Uh, Gus Rep, uh, uh, Representative Gus Bilirakis. He's a representative from Central Florida along the coast. And he along, uh, he's a Republican, and he along with Representative Anna Eshu, who is a Democrat from the Silicon Valley area in Northern California, uh, you know, both recognize the need to find out more information specifically that, that how, how systemic is the problem that we feel uh, exists within the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or what's called CMS here in Washington. So, the legislation will, will have the, the Inspector General of the United States who basically there's an organization called the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, and they're, they're tasked with a number of things all across the U.S. government to run research studies and basically to find out, you know, they're sort of the, the research arm of Congress, and they look into things to make sure money's being spent right, but sometimes, too, if there's deficiencies or systemic problems, they identify those. We've lacked for years and years in, in real knowledgeable information about even how many people with vision loss there are covered under CMS, which includes everybody on Medicare, but also they oversee all the state Medicaid programs around the country. Uh, you know, they oversee the administrative end of that arm that pays the federal dollars to help for Medicaid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've had a large issue of not knowing really how rampant is this problem. We, we feel that it's not just a few of our members, but that it's more problematic. And then, two... Uh, the investigation will look into, you know, try to uncover just how many people there are getting coverage, and then what are the complaints and other complaints had any negative ramifications? What are they doing to make documents accessible within Braille or large print or things like that? So that, 
that's kind of a rundown on what the legislation does. And we're very fortunate for uh, Congressman Villarakis and Congresswoman Eshoo to really sort of step up to the plate and really help us. You know, they always say that knowing is, is a huge part of winning any battle. And this will really allow us to know just what are the parameters and the issues and what we're facing uh, with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services around access to, access to information. So this this will be a study of, of the need, correct? It'll be a study at, at, at the problem as it stands. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll identify the population being served and then, you know, be able to also have comparative analysis on uh, how many requests have been made, have they fulfilled the request, have there been any issues with requests not being fulfilled um, for reasonable accommodations where there were subsequently people losing their benefits uh, because, let's say, they didn't have time to appeal within so many days um, and then sometimes people don't even know they lost their coverage. You know, there's letters and things that, that they send out, and they just, you just don't know what you don't know sometimes. If you can't read it, you don't know it. And sometimes people just assume that they they obviously cannot get this information, so they don't even request because they just know that it's not there. Well, and, that is that is an issue. Um, yeah. But I think in, in a lot of cases, though, we do hear about people letting them know mm-hmm. and then and then and they still don't not get getting it. carried through right tony there's there's um so many different players involved in the system now with a lot of the medicare a lot of people that are covered under medicare don't have the what they a lot of people refer to as old medicare um they're now under the other insurance plans like Anthem or Humana or whatever, mm-hmm. would that also cover the Medicare coverage in those plans as well? Well, you know, one of the things that the, the Inspector General will have to do is set up the study to mm-hmm. look at specifically mm-hmm. the parameters. Right. And our expectation is that it will look at the extended coverage areas where you do have the private companies that are, that are you know, Administering the Medicare. In and it, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because in theory – there should be data flow, and like they do things like the the certain information that will be collected, like I think it's called the ICD-10. Uh, you know the little check boxes when you go into your doctor, and they have all these check boxes. They check off: Do you have glaucoma, or do you have diabetes, or are you just legally blind? There's so many different ways to kind of classify areas where people probably have vision loss, at risk of being vision loss, or or most definitely do have significant vision loss or blindness. Mm-hmm. And and that kind of stuff is the pass-through data that. You know, Anthem and all those other country uh, companies you mentioned have to pass all that information up. Uh, and in issues when you know uh, someone's service has been lost, um, you know, or interrupted, uh, you know, is there corollary information to say, okay, well, there's why is there, you know, uh, you know, were the requests made? You know, when mm-hmm. there are reasonable accommodation requests, those are the kind of things that should be passed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, is our thought? Well, um, and, and there's and all kinds of areas there. I mean, when we I think when we first start talking about about Medicare, we're thinking about doctor's visits and those kinds of things. But also under Medicare are things like the prescription drugs and things. That's Medicare Part D, mm-hmm. and and you know that information is is just so. And there's been huge strides in that area. But still, there's all of this print that shows up. Um, you know what you uh, what what you have spent so far that would maybe push you toward a change in how much your your coverage would would you how much coverage you would have for the rest of the year i mean there's all no, kinds right, of yeah. pieces of information yeah, there's, there's a lot of there are, there's a lot of a lot of 
physical paper being moved around with lots of information that's relevant to uh, what people owe, what they don't owe, what they might owe, what they could owe. Yeah. Um, and what know, to do about it if you and, do and, owe. And and if, <laughs> yeah, and then what to do if, they, if they've if they extended themselves to a certain point. Right. Uh, you know, and, and so it's, you know, I mean, access to health coverage is important, and, and so is access to the information regarding our health coverage. So what needs to be done in order to help this move forward? Well, our hope is that folks can reach out to the members of Congress and just basically let them know, that, you know, Bill Arrakis and issue for Bill Arrakis for Republicans and issue for Democrats. If they want to reach out to those offices to learn more about it, but also, too, we'd love to get co-sponsors on the legislation. Um, you know, as I said, it's a very small bill. Uh, all, the federal government, uh, you know, has all kinds of, uh, studies and things that the Government Accountability Office does all the time, and you know this is not uh, a, a normal bill. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, in the sense of of cost, there's really no cost to it. In the sense that that's kind of what GAO does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's not going to be any kind of significant cost attached to the bill. Our hope is that you know it, we follow the thread, and what happens is you know if someone loses their benefits. Uh, they get a disruption of service. Disruptions of service can can impact them negatively with health and end up costing more money down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think the data will show us necessarily that kind of depth of information, mm-hmm. but it's it's a fair assumption to make enough to be concerned. And so, I think the benefits of getting this study information uh, to Congress and to advocates is is you know has much greater costs. Uh, oh, excuse me, no, it has much greater benefits than it mm-hmm. has cost. I mm-hmm. said that backwards, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. you know, I think the benefits far outweigh the costs. Mm-hmm. And in that regard, uh, you know, our hope is that, uh, you know, Congress can apply this towards, you know, any of the various spending packages or anything like that that's moving through in the coming few months uh, so that we can have it for the 2018 fiscal year. Mm-hmm. So if we wanted, if we were to contact our um, individual Representatives, mm-hmm. we would ask them to co-sponsor. Is yeah, that what ask we ask them to, for? to support. Basically, support. Let the congressional offices know to support and co-sponsor HR three four five seven, HR thirty four fifty seven. Three four five seven. Okay. Yep. All right. And then, if we do get someone who says yes, I'll co-sponsor, then um, we let you know so you can also follow up. We, we we will happily give praise and, and thank any member of Congress that, that signs on to this legislation. So it's helpful for us to know in the national office when folks are reaching out and where there are successes. We oftentimes, too, will hear from the congressional offices that co-sponsor the initial co-sponsors, mm-hmm. um, you know, when offices reach out. But, you know, it, it, it's always good to, you know, let us know if you, if you have a success because we like to help amplify any successes we ever have. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, of course, this is still the recess, right? It is, yeah. So this is actually a perfect time to reach out to your members of Congress and their district offices. The staffers will still be working in here in Washington, D.C., but, you know, the members of Congress are even home. So if you're at a town hall or anywhere around the community where your member of Congress and the House of Representatives is out and about for the next three weeks, by all means, take time to catch their ear and tell them about, you know, the, uh, you know our hope is that Congress can, can work towards helping us figure out more of the problem that, that is the need to know the problem in order to, to put forward the resolution that can that can help us solve the problem. Uh, a while back there was a post, and I can't remember if it was from you or from Mark Reichert, but anyway, there were some posts that were talking about um, some, some 
of the aspects of uh, one of the funding bills and had to do with there being um, at least zero, the, the level of funding for uh, programs that affect a lot of blind and visually impaired people, such as the um, older blind program and, and other things like that, at least being funding at the two funded at the 2017 level as opposed to in, being reduced. They weren't increased, but they, they weren't reduced either. Mm -hmm. um, also talked about that in that was bookshare money and mm -hmm. that the printing house, the American Printing House for the Blind, actually had a, I think, million-dollar increase, increase. Yeah. and that would be in quota funds. Uh, which mm -hmm. would affect children and, and the yep. education of children, blind children in the country. So yep. um, can you, is, is there anything you can tell us about that, just kind of enlighten us a little more on well, that? I mean, we're still working our way through the budget process. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it was worked through the various channels in the House that was under the Labor HHS uh, appropriations. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, what we call level spending, which pretty much everything for since sequestration well, for a number of years now, but uh, has been somewhat level-funded, meaning it's, it's, we're under continuing resolutions, and that means you kind of spend what you have last year, and even with budgets, there's been a few areas of incremental increases. But for the most part, you know, level funding is kind of the norm now, and under the current uh, sort of um, focus in Washington uh, to start downsizing some of the federal government, I think level funding is a good thing. Oh, yeah. I will say that, uh, you know, hats off to APH. I'd like to think that, you know, when our members went into offices in, in February as well, um, you know, it's, it's a group effort. I was excited to know that our members went in to be able to, to fight on behalf of APH for their funding and glad to see that APH in their own work and, and fighting for appropriations was was able to get uh, an increase in their spending. That was, that was a, a good thing to see this year. So, you know, it still has to get through the process and get on the desk of the president and signed into law. For the spending package for 2018, but we're 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 pleased to see things level. Uh, when we were understanding that there were initially proposed 10 to 15 to 21 percent cuts mm -hmm. uh, in the Department of Education and other departments, so we're we're glad to see that Congress was uh, recognizing the need to to stay sort of uh, level at this point, and glad to see that APH got as well an, an increase. And just as a reminder, in one of our imperatives at our legislative seminar this mm -hmm. last uh, this last winter, um, the bookshare money, um, the money and for APH. yeah, and yeah. APH, but also the money for older blind Americans for that what we here in Kentucky called in, call independent living money. Um, it's mm -hmm. not called that in other places, but that's in Kentucky terminology. That's what it is. Uh, and, and, you know, we had a lot of those things, I think six different things rolled into that one imperative. And this is, is really um, good news from the standpoint of many of those things in that imperative were included in this. And, and we also had the Institute for Museum and Library Sciences, which funds a lot of the local talking book center mm -hmm. operations. Mm-hmm you know, um, in the regional libraries and things like that. Uh, so that was a win as well. And, yes. and you know, um, we were glad to see that Congress did not. That was proposed to be cut in the White House budget, and we were glad to see that Congress uh, kept it on the table for, for funding. So. so, But, again, we need to get through, you know, this is a this is a multifaceted machine. Oh, yeah. We still need folks to call during this break and let their members of Congress know to keep protecting these services and programs that are very vital, mm -hmm. that keep people in the home 
keep them, allow them to age in place and be included in their community. These services are very important for for quality of life, and and you know that that decreases morbidity, morbidity and other health concerns, mm-hmm. um, and, and institutionalization. So, any chance we can try to push that message because we still have several steps to take before we're on the president's desk for signing for next year. Yes, Tony, if a person doesn't know what congressional district they are in, how can they go about finding that out? Well, you can always call your your uh, congressional switchboard here at, at the U.S. Capitol, 202-224-3121, I believe. Yeah, 224-3121. Um, if you go to if you go to house.gov, www.house.gov, uh, there's a link or a little search box actually right on the main screen, and you can type in your address. Uh, you can also call the U.S. Capitol switchboard, uh, and you know it's it's also listed. Typically, they'll have their district offices and kind of the county seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're in more more rural parts of the country, uh, you know, so there'll be local district offices as well that typically are listed under government. Uh, under under the you know phone pages and what if, if people still have those yes <laughs> I don't know if anybody still has the old traditional yellow pages or white pages or whatever it is but you know it's it's typically too they'll have a district office and in each district office there's like a staff director or a district director mm-hmm. uh, that works with some uh, constituent relations specialist type mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. uh, work out in community outreach mm-hmm. that uh, that that capital switchboard number the the two zero two 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 four three one two one is kind of cool. Because um, it it when it answers, it asks you if you're uh, first of all calling for the House or the Senate. So if you mm-hmm. push whatever it is one for the House, let's say, yeah. then it will ask you. Um, you can enter your zip code, and yeah. it will then tell you who that person is. Now that doesn't give you a phone number for them, but if you connect to that person, that staffer that answers can give you. A local phone number, if there is one for your area too. Yeah, so. yeah, they can, they can always and and two, get on mailing lists, find out when town halls are and when local meetings and get-togethers. You know, it's always good mm-hmm. to, 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 to engage your member of, of Congress and let and when you talk to your member, let them know that you're willing to to you know fight for the issues that are important for you and important for your member of Congress. So where those mm-hmm. paths cross. Uh, you know, it's always good to let your member of Congress know that you and all your friends, yes, not just you, but, you know, <laughs> your friends and family and everybody else you can get behind are willing to, to you know, give much praise when they sign on. Right. That's, you know, they're there to serve, to serve you. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and congratulations on getting this piece of legislation introduced, and we're looking forward to hearing Good reports about it moving through Congress. My pleasure. Thank you so much. APH's Draftsman Tactile Drawing Board lets you create instant raised line drawings using the included special film with a ballpoint pen or stylus. Produce maps for improving orientation and mobility skills. Practice handwriting, demonstrate math, science, or geography concepts, even make your own art. For Draftsman, call the American Printing House for the Blind toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit shop.aph.org. APH offers a growing collection of accessible mobile apps, and some are free. These apps feature content such as mathematics practice, braille practice, enhanced navigation, and fun stickers for messages. 
Some apps are designed for iOS, while others are compatible with Android. Learn more about mobile apps from the American Printing House for the Blind at www.aph.org slash products slash mobile hyphen apps. Page 5. The Soundprints Calendar. August 15. The Tri-State Library users will hold a conference call at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Learn more about using the Kindle app with VoiceOver to access millions of books on your iPhone and iPad. The number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On August 17, the KCB Convention Planning Committee will meet on the conference line at 605-475-6006, code 294444, and the time is 7.30 p.m. August 18, GLCB will hold a roundabout from 3.30 to 10 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Education and Technology from 3.30 to 5 Discussion time, 5 to 6. Dinner, 6 to 7, $5 per person. And games and crafts from 7 until approximately 10 p.m. For more information and to sign up, call 502-895-4598. On August 19, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana invite you to participate in a walk at Oxmoor Mall in Louisville. The time is 12 noon until 2 p.m. Join us for lunch at the California Pizza Company at Oxmoor on Shelbyville Road. Then walk around the mall and shop if you would like. Everyone welcome. For reservations, call Bill Detheridge at 502-895-5895 or Deb Lewis at 502-721-9129. On August 20, the KSB Alumni Board will meet at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and... On August 21, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Board will meet at 7.30 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006, code 294444. On August 23, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its peer support group meeting for August. From noon to 2 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. RSVP at least two days in advance at 859-259-1834. August 24, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold a support group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. The program will be presented by the American Printing House for the Blind. They will have a number of items to demonstrate from bald line paper to video magnifiers. Be sure and attend this interesting session and tell others about it as well. On August 25, GLCB will hold another roundabout with Education and Technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion time including page turners from 5 to 6. Page turners is a chance to share interesting books that you've read with others and get some ideas for new books to read for yourself. Dinner, $5 per person, will be at 6 p.m., followed by games, crafts, and music trivia from 7 to 10. 
at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On August 26, KCB Next Generation invites you to participate in a dine-out from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Toast on Market, 620 East Market Street in Louisville. For information, contact Amanda Selm at 502-750-1774 or email alsmoot, S-M-O-O-T, 87, at gmail.com. Or you can sign up by calling 502-895-4598. Also on August 26, there will be Bards and Storytellers at the American Printing House for the Blind. Have brunch with the next generation at Toastar Market and then... Go to APH from 1 to 3 p.m. for a special program featuring internationally famous champion bluegrass fiddler Michael Cleveland, who made his debut on the Grand Ole Opry in 1993, and guitarist Brian Allen, who will accompany Michael. For more information and to register, contact the museum at 502-899-899. 2213. On August 28, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana will have their next membership call. 7 p.m. at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On September 1, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout will include education and technology from 3.30 to 5 p.m., a cooking activity and discussion from 5 to 6, dinner, 6 to 7, including ice cream sundaes, and games and crafts from 7 until 10. At the United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On September 3, the Greater Louisville Council will have its committee meetings, including the Advocacy Committee at 7 p.m. and the Education Activities and Technology EAT Committee at 8 p.m. Both will be held on the conference line at 605-475-6006, code 294444. On September 5, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have a conference call meeting at 8 p.m. on the conference line. This is great for those who have been experiencing vision loss or who have had vision loss for several years. September 7 is the American Council of Blind Lions monthly conference call. This is an opportunity for blind lions from around the country to share ideas and ways to be involved in local clubs. It's at 9 p.m. Eastern, and the phone number is 712-432-3900. The code is 796096. On September 8 is another Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout, and this time, There will be bingo after dinner. Call 895-4598 to sign up or for more information. On September 9, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Board will meet at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the conference line at 605-475-6006, code 294444. On September 10, KCB Next Generation will hold its meeting. This is for members under 40, and it will be held at 8 p.m. Eastern Time at 605-475-6006. 
intercode 294444. On September 13, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold its picnic. This is the Owensboro chapter of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Its meeting is from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the East Shelter at Legion Park in Owensboro. Reservations are required by September 11. Call 270-684-4418. Please note that there will be no regular meeting on September 12 at Wing Avenue Baptist Church. On September 13, KCB will have its PR Membership Committee meeting at 8 p.m. by conference call 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. September 14 is the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision Support Group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at the United Crescent Hill Ministries. Call 502-895-4598 for more information. September 14, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its meeting at 7 p.m. by phone at 605-475-4700, enter code 155619. For more information about the Northern Kentucky Council, call 859-781-7369. September 15, Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout and Fall Quarterly Meeting. Education and Technology Activities will begin at 3.30. Registration and Bargain Table at 4.45. Program, Dinner, and Business Meeting beginning at 5.15. All activities will conclude by 8.30 p.m. $5 per person at United Crescent Hill Ministries. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.